Sorry. Yeah. I heard Royal America. With the vowel between them words. <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah. Sorry. For now on, I'm just gonna get it. Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Daniel Shea, and joining me today is the other hosts, Rebecca Easton and Michael Sewell. This podcast is where we recap the game events happening around the DFW area and beyond, as well as look back at topics that took over the VGOCC last week. I think that's a lot of she'd actually talked Ever. so far on the, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it was good. It was really good. Was yeah, really no, actually. it was great. Congratulations. I'm growing. Now. I'm growing as a person. <laughs> He's eight feet tall now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is a podcast where we talk about what took over VGOCC, the video game Open Coffee Club that usually happens Thursday and Friday. But this is where we recap what we talked about during those days. Uh, before we get into that, let's take a look at past events. This is stuff that's been happening around the area. There's not too many because we're going into the holiday months, meaning that things are going to slow down. And what we'll see mostly is game announcements moving forward. All right, and maybe a few conferences here and there. I don't ever see a whole lot of conference towards the end of the year, do you? Uh, well, towards the end of the year, there is the Video Game Awards. In, but that's like early December. So yeah, yeah, but, we might have a gap here. There's going to be games releasing. and yeah. We'll see. Well, last week, there were two... Well, there was one thing. Uh, the Future of Storytelling panel... It was a panel discussion about AR, VR gaming, and new filmmaking tech technology in that space. And that's about all we had last week. And that was kind of like a last-minute post that I found. It was just something that came across my Facebook feed. I know a couple of our members were interested in, into getting into specifically VR. Uh, as well as we have a couple of members that attend the beer club that do VR specifically. So. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty decent VR scene of developers here mm-hmm. in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and you've never heard of video games, VR stands for virtual reality. Oh, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, mixed reality. Those are the three realities <laughs> that are coming up. <laughs> the only ones that count. Yes. So that's what... Happened last week. Here's what's coming up. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. All right, Game Dev Drink Up, of course, second Thursday of every month, mm-hmm. is this Thursday at 8 p.m. over at Vickery Park in Plano. Uh, leave your resumes at home. It's just having fun getting drunk with this. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> we've got a Whirly Ball Halloween social coming up uh, this Sunday. Whirly Ball slash Laser World uh, in Plano. And it starts at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Right. That is the Dallas Society of Play who's putting it on. Yes. It's going to take their first meeting of the month. And then later on, uh, it might be a show and play. But we never know until like the week before or a couple days before when the next event is. Uh, okay. And that is about everything that we know is going on in the area. If you know a few things that are going on, please drop it in our Facebook or our Discord group or even put a mention on our meetup on our meetup group and let us know what other events are going on. We try to keep up with things that are going on in the area, but it's just it's just one person sometimes. <laughs> There's a lot of groups. Yeah. So, a lot to keep up with. A lot to keep up with. So let's go ahead and jump right on into the recap. Recap. 
So what, what, was the, what were the Thursday and Friday groups? Uh, so you, yes, there's actually a lot of topics that we covered, or, um, and there are a few that we didn't get a chance to get to because there's one particular topic, and we'll talk about that in a second here, that got a lot of attention on Friday. Uh, so the first topic we have is is uh, from PCGamer.com. It's over 170 plus games have been removed from Steam in recent weeks. So Steam is taking a hard crackdown on titles that they perceived to be trolling, or so what the so a couple of, what was it a couple of months ago they came out and said this is our definition for trolling. Um, they just and how they were going to start handling things like they're they're doing open curation. They got rid of green light and stuff like that. Yeah. Now yeah. we see them removing things. So their games. Uh, let me pull up the list real quick. But there are some games that they've removed. Games you won't get to play. Uh, boobs Battleground. Yeah. <laughs> Putin, Putin, Boobs, and Trump. Marquio Hot not, Hot Nightlife. Home Alone Girlfriend. Dad's Coworker. So on and so forth. But you kind of get a get an idea. There's of, a game on this list just called MILF. Yes, there's there's several of them. Uh, you haven't played Dad's that one. Coworker. Me. Oh, you you didn't play. Uh, <laughs> you didn't play. Logan versus Kasai. Oh, jeez. Or how about Make Border Great Again? Oh, no. Yeah, so there seven games with the word hentai in their name were also removed. So, so they, this is interesting because didn't they just recently say that they weren't going to be doing any Steam curating and they're just like free-for-all? Yeah, free-for-all. I... Uh, there was, but there was still a backlash on that. Somewhat of a backlash in where they're like, well, now you're just opening it back up to be like the right. crap... Like, letting middleware and, and crap like that get back in there. Like, are you really not going to curate this? And I guess they're just saying, no, no, we're paying attention. Here's all the games that we have removed. Well, I wonder if it's, like, they're still following with that, and these are being removed for other reasons. Like, it's not necessarily Valve pulling them, but there's, well, the, like, conflicts. The look at, the look at that list the seems... Spoken. Sorry, what? It seems like, the, from, look at, from the look of that list, it seems like they're really targeting games. Excuse me. That were um, oh man. What's the best way of saying it? That kind of nasty. Is that a good way of saying it? Well, I mean, it's like sexually provocative. Sure. That's yeah. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, sexually provocative games. It looks like what they were really, and those that are that are clearly not so much doing commentary on like today's political political climate in the U.S. But just taking advantage of it and making kind of crap games off of the concept. That's what it looked like. What it looks like. Yeah. Can't word today. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure what their plan is, but maybe they'll they'll come and talk mm -hmm. about it sometime soon. Well, moving on. Next topic is from Engadget.com. Google's pro project... Dream makes Assassin's Creed playable in Chrome. So this is a beta version. Yeah. The beta yeah. version started on the 5th. And it's, going, it's, it's like an attempt to bring live streaming to a wider audience on limited networks. That's what it kind of sounds like. Well, it's not live streaming. Well, it, live streaming, I would say. Not live streaming, thing. like streaming, game streaming. Right, right. Yeah. Where you can uh, you can play the game directly through your browser or... or uh, Another service. Um, there's been a couple companies that have mm -hmm. uh, been working on solutions like this. Mm -hmm. NVIDIA's had their grid service. Sony's had their PlayStation Now. Mm -hmm. Or is it Now or is it the... Yeah, it's Now. View is their TV service. Yeah. 
That sounds yeah. right. Um, have yeah. you guys tried those services? Mm-mm. I have. Um, I'm pretty sure my buddy was setting it up and I wasn't paying attention to the application he was logging into, but we were going to play Resident Evil Code Veronica X, which was a PS2 mm-hmm. title. And I think it was through it. I'm getting quiet again and leaning away from the microphone. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the a Dolly test. Zoom can, you, test. can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was still, but it was still a little laggy going through the PlayStation one, but I mean, Visually, it, it looks pretty good uh, in my in my testing. I've tried all all of the services so far. I haven't tried Google Solution yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they had their their beta test with Assassin's Creed Friday and Saturday, the fifth mm-hmm. and the fourth. Um, my experience has been like visually, it looks really good because it's like all the power is on their end on the servers. Mm-hmm. They're rendering it and then just sending the visuals and receiving your input, right? Uh, but the biggest problem is input. Like so the right. delay between your button presses yeah. and the action happening in game. So, it, related to that, we also know about Microsoft Scarlet, which yes. is the, which is supposed to be tackling that issue. And the way that they're, it's said to be is they're splitting the game in two. So they have the main game, which is focused on their servers, and then the input lag, which is specifically what they're trying to tackling tackle, is on the console itself to reduce that lag time. So the game right. gets split in two. I'm curious to see how that actually works out. Like, I'm wondering if there's just a really low-level version of the game on the hardware, mm-hmm. and you're just controlling, like, essentially capsules on collision, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All I know is that they refer to it as splices, but as far as what their actual tech and how it handles it, there's not a whole lot still known on it because it yeah. was just announced it was on the, in the rumor mail, and then we right, found out right. about it like the next day. Actually, was that it, it, it's a thing that exists, so it would be kind of cool. It, it, we know that more and more services are moving to streaming, and we know that more and more companies are looking at this, like how to tackle it. And we know that there's a whole host of issues, like infrastructure based, like where, how fast, like if we you live in rural America, you may not have as fast as the internet as somebody that lives in the city. You yeah. mean rural America? Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Yeah. I heard Royal America. R with the vowel between them words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Awful. For now on, I'm just gonna that's yes. it. <laughs> it's it's eight AM. It's fine. Uh but yeah, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. The uh the infrastructure is definitely not quite there that yet in the States. Not everywhere. Um there are other countries that are, are way further along than we are as far as like gigabit and internet speeds, yeah. the kind of speeds that you'd really need for it to do well. But who knows? Maybe these tech solutions will reduce the need for, for all that. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> One second. Every, everything oh, still no. tastes bad? All right, I'll, I'll oh, take yeah. the next story Please while you're recovering. One. Oh. Uh, this one is interesting to me because I'm a massive Witcher fan. So uh, the author of the Witcher series of books, uh, Andre Sapkowski? Sapkowski? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I... I'm terrible at pronouncing Polish names. Uh, he's now suing CD Projekt Red to get $16 million uh, in money that he feels he's earned from well, the Witcher games. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is he, uh, very early on, he signed the rights to, to the content uh, before they made even the first game over to them. Uh, and they gave him an option, like, you could take, you know, percentage of cuts of profits, or, you know, we could figure this out, uh, figure out another monetary thing. He's like, oh, just give me 10K, like, right now. And he took that. And he even said, 
right afterward, he's like, oh, I didn't believe in the product. We didn't expect it to go anywhere. I didn't expect it to go anywhere. And he made a dumb choice. Yeah. He signed a deal and a contract. So he's he's coming out of the woodworks, right? For a lot of people, he's just coming out of the woodworks. He sees that it's taken off. However, this isn't actually the first mention of him coming out of the woodworks. Oh, he's been complaining about it for years. For years, for years. Uh, He especially started getting vocal about it when the Witcher Netflix series was announced. Yes. Right? That's exact. That's also when you start seeing him be even more vocal. So anytime the games are having this massive success, he kind of pops out and goes, "Remember me? I wrote the books." Right? He project CD Project Red has come out and said we tried to give him royalties, but he didn't believe that the games would be a success, and so he just wanted his money up front. And the question is whether it's, so. The question that the club was whether or not those rights still hold up if there were some changes in, in copyright law in Poland, things like that that could that could give him a case yeah. for winning, like, helps him build his case and help right, right. Get, get the money that he believes he's right, rightful to. Uh, I mean, that's stuff that is in Europe as Americans. We aren't, like, copyright law is just weird in general, especially when you start looking overseas. Right, right. So it's going to... Definitely going to be an interesting thing to see how this plays out. They'll either settle or somebody's going to be like, no, nah, you had your chance, dude. You, you didn't take it. Like, it's your fault. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like an expensive fight I mean, either way. By the way, that was on Game of Sutra. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. They also point out in that article that CD Projekt is worth $2 billion. So, like, they won't really be hurting that much even if he does kind of win that. That too, and it's not their only game. It was their flagship game, though. It's the Witcher was the first right. game that they released. Now the new game that's coming out that I'm a lot of people are super excited about is Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. They're doing so with Cyberpunk twenty twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Yes, that is a very hyped game, uh, and the rumors are that that might come out next year. Oh, is that their is that their first original IP or yes? Okay. Well, wait, no, sorry, it's not an original IP. Okay. It is based off a traditional tabletop RPG series called ah. Cyberpunk. Mm, okay. okay. Uh, so a lot of people who've played that tabletop RPG are getting very excited. Oh, I bet. Well, that explains the hype. Because yes. a lot of people that I know that are the most excited are the ones that are super into board games and, and all that side. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a lot of sense now. So one of the things, one of the points that somebody brought up at, the, I think, the Thursday group, mm-hmm. they suggested that it was possible, and I, I don't know if there was any truth to it or not, if they were just speculating, that um, the studio might have, that it was possible that the studio could have misrepresented their budget for things like marketing or something, because I believe they said they got a lot of money from the government, government yeah. for making the, so I could maybe see if, I, and again, mm. I don't know if that's true. If they had misrepresented the budget they were going to have to do marketing to get the game off the ground. For for Cyberpunk? Uh, no, no, for, no, for Witcher. For Witcher, Witcher. Okay. yeah. Um, because, you know, that can have an effect. If you have no money, if, if, you're get, if you don't have a budget for your game and you're not going to be able to market, well then, yeah, no, no, it is likely that nobody's going to play it. But again, I don't right. know if they're, I'm just curious, mm. like, it, was that in the article? I, mm, I didn't um, see that. I mean, they had a, a buttload of marketing on the third game. But yeah. I think you're right. Uh, the second game and the first game, I don't remember hearing much, seeing much marketing at all. Yeah. At least not here. It is a Polish game. So, mm-hmm. you know. 
Well, and, and just like an add-on to that, it wasn't just for marketing. It was for project development entirely. Yeah. So they got government funding because that's what they have over there. And some states here do as well. Right, tax subsidies. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they had some help from the government to help fund the fund the creation of the game in addition to marketing. So it wasn't just like one right. thing went there. And it's not necessarily about the creation of the game. It's more, those subsidies are more about generating jobs in, you know, tech fields and trying yeah. to... To make it a more appealing place for people who Ooh. want to move to, right? Plug real quick. There is such a thing here in Dallas or here in Texas. Uh, it's it's part of the film initiative that they have here yes. in Dallas. There's there's a part of it that's also sectioned off to go to game developers. So that might be something that for studios that are looking for funding, that might be something you guys can check out. Because uh, they they have a whole bunch of things. And, and, and the, going back to like programs. If it's a program and they have very specific guidelines on how that money is used, because the one here does, uh, you actually cannot use some of that money for marketing. It goes all to development and payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so things to, things to kind of check out. Um, we'll move on to the next topic. This is kind of something that I'm super excited about. Again, I deal a lot like in my personal life and with my business. I deal a lot with blockchain. And anybody that's kind of interested in blockchain, we put on a series, again, plug, not a sponsor, but Ask Dr. Bitcoin, which is dedicated to educating people about the space because it is a very, it's not just new, it's a very complicated space to get right. into. Right. And because it's so, it, it's so confusing, just, just figuring out what tokens do can get, woof, can just blow your mind. So Ubisoft, which is usually who I know tries to kind of stay ahead of tech trends, has joined up with Fig. Uh, Ubisoft and Fig have joined others in creation in creation of blockchain game alliance. This is this is on mcvuk.com, and it just goes on to talk about what these guys are doing. They're so for Fig, which is more of a investor program, they're using blockchain as a way to fund game development. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft might be using it in a different way. It didn't. The article didn't clearly say what they were going to try and use the technology for. This is more talking about the blockchain game alliance and what they're looking at doing. And, and it's a lot of just like they want to help you kind of learn or anybody that's interested in the space want to help you learn what blockchain is, how to utilize it effectively, uh, what can and can't do that sort of stuff. There's just a lot that can go. Like I said, there's a lot that goes on in that space. So I just found this really interesting. And we've talked about Fig before. I think Gearbox is in it, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a another version of a crowdsourcing platform. Yes, and, right? the, and that's but it's more investor like. Yeah, and the, and that's what you see a lot right now in mm-hmm. the blockchain space. They call it initial coin offerings. Right. Each of those tokens are kind of dedicated or focus on very specific things. Uh, like some might focus on some might do current cryptocurrency. Some might be a utility token. In other words, something like Ripple, which focuses entirely on just like improving the banking system. Right, so. A lot of those things kind of exist uh, and games aren't this isn't the first time that i've heard it i know there are a couple of other tokens out there that are specifically made to help fund games uh, i know indie developers might start looking into it especially since crowd, since the problems with crowdsourcing sites recently like uh, not recently but over the years you know kickstarter how they handle their stuff indiegogo um even gofundme there's problems that you have when when you're on that um so i don't want to take too much more time 
on explaining on explaining it, it's just really exciting to start seeing it become more prominent. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about games in the past that are using it as a way of incentivizing play, uh, and others that are just use use Bitcoin as a, a scheme to get more people to play their game. Okay, so yeah, what was the information site you mentioned? The Doctor Bitcoin. Oh, Ask Doctor Bitcoin. That's it. You can find it on YouTube. It's with uh, the what the YouTube channel is called Roger Woco Agency. But this, the show itself is called Ask Dr. Bitcoin. And we have a ton of information on there about blockchain, some projects, how to even get your wallet started. Mm-hmm. Uh, five questions we hear daily. <laughs> We've got all of those on that. Uh, so I, I, it's a plug, but it's not a sponsor. I just well, I like, know I'll be checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. No, it's in, a free bathroom. <laughs> well, it's absolutely important because it's just absolutely important. Mostly because we have had scam coins. And you want to make sure that when you start getting invested into the space that you're not getting caught in the wrong one. Wrong right, line, right? right. And that's well, our It's, it's yeah. extremely important to get this information out there. Mm-hmm. And it's great that there's services like that to help people get informed because uh, Bitcoin, blockchain, all that technology is not going away. Oh, yeah. No, like that's, no. That's going to be... You are going to going see a wider while. adoption of it. And in fact, like most of the... We're on like a couple of different projects already, each of them dealing with a different aspect mm-hmm. of it. And like even what smart contracts can do, which there are tons of different kinds of smart contracts, but even what smart contracts can do, it it would help so many businesses. So many. So anyways, that's where I'm going to leave that one at. Uh, it's exciting. Go check it out. Go check it out, uh, especially check out Fig. It's just, it seems like a, like they're finally getting a clear direction on where they want to start taking this. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited on that one. Uh, following up on that, okay, how do you pronounce this name? Mike Morhemi? Uh, Morheim? Morheim? Okay. Yeah, Morheim steps down as Blizzard's president. So this is was from yeah. PCGamer.com. Uh, he was there since the beginning. He's one of the founders of Blizzard. And finally, he's like, new era needs to happen. I'm stepping down. So we're starting, there's going to be some changes in the leader level. Yes. Uh, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see the new direction that Blizzard's going to take. Right. This is true. And uh, he's being succeeded by the previous executive producer of World of Warcraft, mm. uh, J. Allen Brack. Nice. Um, but it's also mentioning that Mike Morheim, uh, oh, yeah, Morheim, Morheim will remain as a strategic advisor. Right. And right? so, you know, like, that's a great example. Like, this is not a, there. there's no drama in the middle right, of the company. Right. This is just, he's like, it's time for me to step down with the, you know, yeah, lit yeah. some new. Well, he'd been there 27 years. Yeah, two decades. So that's about retirement. <laughs> I think it's interesting that this is happening just a year or two after the carrying of swords was legalized in Texas. Now, I, I don't know if there's a correlation. <laughs> definitely, definitely a correlation. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh. Oh, I need to take like three seconds to like understand that. <laughs> uh, right, and then... Uh, <clears throat> Then we have an interesting topic, but maybe we should save that one for last. Yeah, let's let's save that a little bit for last. Get through the other ones that we have here. Uh, footage leak of a mysterious Harry Potter game. This is also on Engadget.com. It's an RPG, it looks like. And it looks like it's finally going to have the movement controls that everybody has been wishing for. 
For and, Harry Potter? Yeah, for Harry Potter. And you get to explore Hogwarts now. Is it, is it motion controls in one way? I don't know. It is looked that like what everybody it. wants? Everybody had a... Have, <laughs> like, I could see this if this was, like, on the Wii. Because the Wii would be perfect for that. Or maybe, like, a Switch game. Maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uncertain... Where they're going with it? Yet. Yeah, it's uncertain, but it looks like it, it looks like it has a lot of things that fans have been craving, which is the exploration of Hogwarts. I just hope they bring John Williams back for the score. <laughs> it looks like it might. I mean, it looks like a WB studio. It looks like they're working with maybe Avalanche. Uh, judging by the articles I saw, uh-huh. um, that could be good. Maybe Avalanche. they'd make it uh, that they're a game studio. Okay. Maybe They're they also would a terrorist make it, uh, group in Final Fantasy VII. I'm just saying. Wow. Wow. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, <laughs> I guess we know what fans are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where was I going with this? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you derailed me, man. <laughs> no. Uh, I could see it being like a like an Arkham Knight kind mm. of game, like how they took you know Batman games were terrible and then they made them great. Make Batman games great again. So, oh, well, <laughs> and you're wearing a red hat too. Um, Daniel's no. wearing the red hat. Uh, anyway, this is a pretty rough leak. This is like you don't you don't see full video. Like it's since been taken out, uh, taken down. But it was like mobile phone captured video of a Harry, of the Harry Potter game, and it's a lot of stuff they they showed. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's like, <laughs> you know, some people, some people, like when it comes to leaks, everybody's always has like that. Oh yeah, it's a leak, all right. Yeah. Or others are like, no, no, seriously. And this looks like this is one of those ones that it's like, this is not just like quote unquote leak. This is an actual, possibly an actual leak that happened. Right. Yeah. If they can figure out where this video came from, somebody is <laughs> going to be hit with some legal. Problems, Ooh man! For sure, man. That's a that's some NDA. Like, rumor leaks are one thing, but straight up content. Oof. Yeah. Alrighty. Next for we have shame. from Kotaku. More games should let us replay the tutorial. Now there are several games out that that I know that have let you or at least give you a way of like refreshing your brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. But after thinking about it on Friday. There are a lot of games that have this idea that you will sit down and play just them for hours on end. That's not always the case, especially not in today's climate. Right, right. Well, it's it's definitely a very interesting case where you might pick up a game and then, like, have to drop it because of work or other time reasons. And then you come back and you're like, Like, what am I even doing? Yeah. Or in the case of RPGs, maybe you know how to play again, but you come back and you're like, I have no idea what's going on or where I'm supposed to go. Especially those old Final Fantasy recap option would be right. So some we were talking about this upstairs actually. Uh, some games, at least the RP, on the RPG problem side of the problem, <clears throat> because they're just long. Uh, some games in the loading screens they'll have like a last time on. Oh yeah, kind of yeah, and that's oh, super yeah. helpful. Right? Yeah, for the plots. The tip, the tips, like uh, ooh, which one did it? Monster Hunter. Yeah. Monster Hunter World yeah. often gave you tips whenever the load screen. But that's also like the load screens can get ridiculously long sometimes. Yeah, and that is definitely a game that the learning curve on it was pretty steep. Like I, I got really into it for about two months because my brothers were playing. And Monster it's a, Hunter yeah, World. Yeah, and going yeah. around slaying dragons with your with your brothers is a pretty cool way to keep up with the family, <laughs> I think. But uh, yeah, I set it down 
about, I guess it's been like four or five months since I set it down. And I'm afraid to try and pick it back up because I'm not going to have any idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have uh, training grounds that you can go and kind of figure out your combos and everything again, which are really cool. The game that was highlighted in this article is Heat Signature. Uh, so the guy, so the guy who wrote this was Riley McLeodo. He 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 wrote this. I don't I don't know. I'm never gonna McLeod. Yeah, he wrote it, and he was saying that he got back. At, he opened up Heat Signature to check out some of their new updated content, and then noticed that they also had tutorials, and was like, "Oh, this is fantastic! I haven't played this game in, in pretty much weeks. Now I can figure out how to do it." Right, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, especially that's a great point, actually. Especially for when DLC content comes out for a game that isn't like as a service kind of game, mm-hmm. right? Once, once that DLC comes out, it can be really tough to pick those controls back up. I remember mm-hmm. when I picked up the DLC for Horizon last year. I hadn't played it in eight months. Come back in, and the first enemy they throw at you in the new content is brutal. Oh yeah! Haven't oh, you I got played it. Horizon. So I have been still playing through Horizon mm-hmm. Zero Dawn, and I accidentally went because my roommate got it again specifically for the DLC. And like I was hiking up the mountain, and I ended up in the DLC by accident, and the very first monster wrecked me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and I mean, I'm not like low level either. I'm like 34, almost 30, 35. Yeah. And the thing was just like. Came over, I tried to hit it, take off like a little sliver of life. Next thing I know, I'm flying across the map mm-hmm. and like running as fast as I can to like survive. It was ridiculous. But to your point, uh, I hadn't played Horizon Zero Dawn for a couple of weeks. I picked it up over again on the weekend. And even then, I was like, ah, crap. I don't, I forgot <laughs> yeah. like what each of these, because you get tons of weapons in there and some weapons have like three different things and you got to figure out like how to do it. And have it when the load screens came up because don't don't get me wrong, Horizon Zero Dawn has long load screens. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. the load screens came up, they gave tips, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's how you do it. In order to use like your ice arrows, you gotta, or in order for your ice arrows to be effective, you gotta hit it like thirty times for the ice right, arrows right, to actually right. take effect. But how do you know that? That's where where the tip came in on the screen. I was like, "Oh, I gotta wait till the circle actually fills up so that I know that it's working." Right. But sometimes a lot of those tips and, like, you know, the games will have the menu tutorials mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, this button does this, or this is the game thing that you need to, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not seeing it in context, in the in a tutorial kind mm-hmm. of context, uh, doesn't quite sit with your brain as well as actually playing through that kind of tutorial. Nobody thing. likes just the tips. <clears throat> yeah. I was... You know, looking at that low-hanging fruit, I was I was sitting there staring at it, and I'm like, take it, pass that one up. Man. Uh, yeah, all right. There's no point I was gonna make. This. Stop it. <laughs> that's, that's what that one was. Um, yeah. So no, it's really cool to that uh, they highlighted something that seems so simple that in the long run has kind of been around for a yeah, while. Yeah. So it would be cool to see more games bring it out um, and how games utilize it. I just wish that, cut, that those load screens weren't so long. But if yeah. it's like a massive game like Monster Hunter World and Horizon Zero Dawn, I can Final understand it. Final the same way. Such long load screens. Yeah. All right, next up we had... Oh, this is a, this is a YouTube video. It's by Tech Quickie. Mm-hmm. It talks about the new Wi-Fi routers, the 802.11 AX. 
And again, this goes back with the discussion on like infrastructure and things. So, oh man, I wish I could remember off the top of my head what I was talking about. But it's essentially, it's going to set up with like a couple of different couple different lines for you to utilize. It also helps with the speed, so on and so forth. So just a better router to help, right, help right. out. New Wi-Fi standards, stronger signals, all mm. of that. Uh, but <clears throat> so the moniker is that it's called 802.11ax, which is a mouthful. And there's like four 811 uh, types of Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tech group that kind of like oversees standards mm-hmm. and all that, they're just calling it Wi-Fi 6. <laughs> nice. Well, there we go. Wi-Fi 6 it is. Yeah. So, Wi-Fi 6. Coming soon to a phone near you. Uh, yeah. so, so that was kind of in addition to talking about infrastructure when we talked about it on Friday because it's been a it's obviously a topic that keeps hitting the club mm-hmm. uh, streaming and and infrastructure and how that's going to go along especially with the with the increase in popularity here in the United States on esports and um, where it's definitely going to have to be a thing if you want to take on Asian countries that have have a lot more going for them um so I didn't know how to phrase that right <laughs> that, that was kind of the thing like there, there are some, like, South Korea has incredible Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, their infrastructure, they've got gigabit, mm-hmm. like, right out of the gate. Yeah. Right. Okay, and now we'll go back, we'll double back on this topic. This is most likely going to, it, it kind of leads into what our expansion topic of the day is. The title of the article is, it's on game bit, game industry, gamesindustry.biz. And the title of the article is, it's time we stopped encouraging indies. Uh, uh, connected with that is also a thread that kind of highlighted this article that got a lot of notice. And the thread just kind of starts out with, I have some very strong feelings about this article. It's a Twitter thread. Uh, so to break down this particular article, it's pretty much putting everyone sort of on blast for encouraging people to get into indie development without actually telling them what they're going to be getting into. Uh, so it called in, uh, let me let me just open it up real quick. Um, so I'm just gonna read the bullet points real quick. Uh, what makes you think you can get, you can be an indie if you can't get a job? So a lot of people are saying, well, if you can't get a job in AAA, go ahead and make a become an indie because then you won't have to worry about that. Uh, but if you are not getting a, a job, like the the thing in the club was, if you're not getting a job in a studio, what makes you think that you're actually going to be a good indie developer, right? So the idea being that if you are really good, then the AAA title companies would take you in, right? Obviously, you're not, and that's why you're not getting in. There's something wrong with your portfolio versus, mm. you know, versus not having enough space in there. Um, so that was one thing. Let's see. Next point. I mean, that's uh, it's kind of a, a dick thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, now is not Mike. the time. Yeah, so, ooh, that was... Oh, I missed a point. No, I didn't. I mean, oh, there, there's some minor truth in there, but I think the phrasing is really poor. <laughs> so the next one says, most successful indies have extensive experience in the game industry. That is true. Yeah, the, the most successful. And that's like Hellblade? Uh, I wouldn't consider that indie. Well, no, 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 no. That is straight up from a AAA studio. Oh, is it? Yes. Well, weren't they originally all like AAA that went into indie and then became AAA? No, that is put out by a AAA studio. They just went on an indie budget. 
Oh, okay. That's completely different. Yes. Uh, then, shoot. Um, oh, man. Trying to think of all the unicorns that have been super successful as a Nidra. Fez sure. was one. Uh, who's another one? Shit. Like, now the titles are escaping me. Braid, Super Meat Boy. Yeah, Braid, oh, Super oh, Meat Boy. I'll say it louder for it. For yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, well, but that's but that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but the majority of them... Uh, Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is, now is not the time to express your high-level direction ideas. Be patient. People will tell you otherwise. People who tell you otherwise are trying to take your money. Huh. So most of what I get out of this article is... Uh, there's a lot of, like, the, the big gist I'm hearing is that there's a lot of kind of shovelware out there that doesn't get much hype, right? And I get that. That's definitely true, and that will remain true. All right. Uh, and, just the last point here, real quick. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, the last thing that I was saying here is school is great, but be careful with generalist programs, which is actually a pretty... Uh, it's, that's that's very true. That's, that, that is very true. There are a lot of, lot of colleges now going... Oh, games. Let's quickly get into that and then put together some program that they think would work really well. But there are very few actual game programs out there that really give you the tool set you need right. to get into the game industry. Um, but, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the biggest thing I'm seeing here is, is yeah, the, the shovelware issue. There's definitely a lot of you know indie games out there that aren't getting much recognition. Uh, whether they deserve it or not is not... At all, what I'm what I'm getting to, but yeah. there's a, a definitely a lot of experience that is necessary to ship a game. Maybe not necessary necessarily to like make a game good, but in in development, even if you don't end up at like a AAA studio, like working on on a mobile game studio for a while, or or you know working with other other teams just to like get the experience and learn what's what the process is from a to z right like and then marketing your game and putting it out there and actually it's it's the business of games and the the business of games is not discussed because it is a boring topic but nobody there's it's the biggest reason indies fail right well because you have to fund yourself and how you go about it people tell you oh just get a kickstarter but kick not every kickstarter campaign successful get on indiegogo Again, it's just kind of like mm-hmm. Kickstarter, right? So they, they tell you, if you want money, go crowdfund it, right? It's not always going to be a thing, especially because people have been burnt by other games in the past. I mean, think of just... We talked about it about it a couple what a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. Uh, Citizen Star... Star Citizen. Thank you. Star Citizen. Woo! Right, that game's been in development and is raised over ninety million, but you still don't have like a full game. Right. Right. So more people are being cautious on where they're putting their money. Meaning, if you are not solid and you don't have a few certain things under control, you're not going to see the same success some of these other Kickstarters have. Right. Right. right? And, and on the, sorry, yeah, no, keep going. <clears throat> on the crowdfunding note, uh, you can't just crowdfund an idea. People aren't going to buy into that. You have to spend a significant amount of time on like the prototype for your for your game idea mm-hmm. or whatever it is, uh, and actually show people like, hey, this is a thing that we want to do. We put in this much effort. Now we need help. Ooh, right? uh, and that's a lot of time and money investment right there. Right, Krill Studios. They're the makers of ooh, shoot, what is it called? 
it's the one where the kid is is like asleep, but when he wakes up, it's like you're trans going through. Like I just described. No so idea many kids. what you're. Oh man, about. it was like sleep among among the sleep. Is that the one with the little kid? Yeah, I think game? so. Yeah. The VR game. I will find the name because the way what they did, uh, what they, this particular studios did, is they already put out. They were already putting out the game. But they needed a little bit of money just to finish up the end. And that's actually what they kickstarted was enough money so that they could bring in their developers so that they weren't working extra jobs and could focus on the final mm-hmm. part of the project for the for the release. Um, let me figure it out. We'll keep talking. Well, about yeah, it. while you're while she's looking that up, um, she touched on a good point, which is uh, if you're if you are going indie, um, and you don't, you know, have a lot of backup money to fund support you while you're trying to work on your games. You're going to be working a second or third job just to be able to to afford to make the game that you want to make, and you know, afford to live. Oh, yeah, it's right? definitely not Krill Studios. Like, there's there's a bad. huge amount of of time that you're going to be spending. You're going to lose your social life because that's just what's going to have to happen, unless you've got some like seed money. Even ramen's not free. This is true. Ramen is cheap, though. It is it called is Among cheap. the Sleep. It's Curl Bite Studio. <laughs> yeah, it's called Among the Sleep. It's by Curl Bite Studio. Uh, and they're, they're the ones that use you crowdfunding. You have to pronounce it that way. Curl Bite? Yeah, with the... No, actually. Oh, uh, the way that I'm saying... Both times you were saying... Bite Studio. You have to pronounce it that way. <clears throat> right, and th- this is where it was their fir- kind of their first first title, and when they needed funding, they, they finished it out to a certain point, but then they needed to bring all of everybody in. Mm-hmm. So to stop working second jobs, they they did the crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, but but that, that goes back to like some of our conversations that we've had before on just like the overhead of what it costs. It's the people that are the most expensive, not the software. Right. Uh, in the market. Yes. I mean... Don't undervalue your marketing. It's I, if you want your game out there, that's really important. How to get eyes on your game is another thing that a lot of people don't talk about because it's kind of second second thought. The thing about about marketing, though, is you're already starting to do it as you're planning out your game, yeah. right? What's the first question? Why does somebody want to play this? Or who am I targeting with this game? That's the very first question your marketer right. is going to ask you. Who's the target of your game? If you say, oh, it's it's anybody that likes puzzle games, well, then immediately they already know what your target demographic is. Right. And they can break down from there who are the people that are most likely going to play your game. By the way, that is most likely female. So, like, those things are, are well known. So, yes, to your point, I 100% agree. You're already building up the marketing. There's already happening. It's not a huge jump for you to kind of make the switch. The only problem that a lot of them have is when you're seeing these big campaigns from triple from triple A, and you're asking, "Well, how do I do it as an indie?" You do as much as you can do. Right? It's not you don't need to do something every single day. Don't let anybody tell you, "Oh, you have to do something every single day." It doesn't do do you any good if you can't keep up with it. Right, right. right? The marketing. Yeah, right. the marketing. If you can't keep up with your own marketing, then you're not going to get very far. So you do it as much as you can. You find the channels that are that talk about games or do like uh, there's what what is that one? There's like Indie Saturday or something like that on where you share your title on where you share clips of what you're doing. 
of what you're working on. We do shameless promo. That's where we ask for you to tell us what kind of game or project you're doing, right? That's kind of the beginnings of your mark, uh, like beginnings of marketing there. And so there are plenty of ways of doing it, but the most important thing is do as much as you can. Mm -hmm. If you can do it weekly, awesome. If you can do it twice a month, great. Once a month, okay. You know, just do as much as you can. Right, right. Sorry, I got way too like, <laughs> way too like. Shoutouts. <laughs> yeah. uh, Before we full continue yeah. on with the topic, let's go into our shoutouts because eventually we're going to get into our expansion topic uh, because this leads into that. And so our expansion topic is going to be networking, you know, getting into the game, like a few tips on how to get into the game industry, but not do's like. Do's and don'ts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to give you the playbook because um, that's not. How we work well, we are going to tell you some fouls. <laughs> We're going to give you the play pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into our shout-outs as Uncle always. Kevin, Thank you to Trey, who's been awesome. He's been working really hard to keep our podcast sounding awesome. Trey, I tweaked the settings. Tell me how it sounds. Yeah, and thank you to Michael, who actually showed up way early and was messing around with the sound before we even showed up to try and make it sound better because we know we've been having some quality issues on that. Uh, Thank you to Anwar, who's been staying on point. I mean, the moment he's like, uh, did you guys even, like, edit the episode? Because it's, yeah, yeah, he's it's keeping us Wednesday. In check, so. Yeah, so he's making sure to keep us in check, and that's awesome. Uh, then, of course, Nirvana for always being awesome and letting us come up here every Monday morning to record the podcast. We usually try to have it out by Wednesday. And uh, so... Super thank you to them. They're working so hard down there. Uh, like, I, I complained to them about my tea. It tasted like plastic. I'm like, this tastes nasty. And they look right at me and they go, we can do better. <laughs> and they gave me a completely different drink. That's good. Yeah. So they're, they're, they said to me, it's like, here, our job is to make coffee that you like. And if you don't like it, tell us about it. Don't just leave it sitting there. We want to make you good coffee. So Nirvana is not a sponsor of ours, but they're huge. They're, they're very much... Um, they let us use their space and they've been very helpful and yes. working with their management has been one of them. Yes, absolutely. So thank you to them 100%. Um, anybody else that I'm missing? Thanks to Daniel for our wonderful intro. This oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah your first being, time. Being audible. <laughs> your first time. It's, I'm used yeah. to, my microphone's at, at home. Uh, I don't have to talk nearly as loud to be heard. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, we're going to try to remedy the yeah. microphone situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, okay. I'm sorry, guys. You used that ASMR speak. <laughs> hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> Jinx. Did you see that ASMR bank robbery video? No, I need, I need to. I need to. I need to look this up. Alrighty, so let's. So that's our shout-outs. Now let's go ahead and jump into our expansion topic. Uh, again, um, we had some people attend our club who immediately asked us, well, are there any actual game developers here that I can talk to about how to get into the game industry? And a lot of times what that sounds like is I want to corner one person so I can ask them all of my questions, tell them my great idea, and have them tell me yes or no, I can get a job at their studio. And play test my game. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily the right way of going about it. Um, not necessarily. It's not a bad way, but there are places there are places to do it at, and places that are that you don't do it. Right, at, right, right. And this comes down to just networking <coughs> in general, and kind of like best practices when you're getting out into the game industry. What are you really trying to do here? Right. Um, for if you go to a lot of schools, they're going to tell you how to start 
you know, going to business fairs and find out where to go. And we had an incident a couple of years ago where one particular school set, said, go to this specific gathering. I'm not going to name it. In no, I, I will name it because I was part of that. <laughs> I know exactly what happened there. Uh, go for it. Then. Yeah, the IGDA and the SGDA worked together to put on some major student events over at ET Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during that event, one of the developers we brought on spoke specifically about the game to have drink up, which mm-hmm. is great. And we would love to have that attendance. But students uh, took that to mean bring your resumes and your portfolios here Encouraged every month. by the school to do so. And then, yeah, the, some some teacher or somebody somewhere was like, yeah, go do that. Yeah, immediately. Uh, uh, and the, Those are not the environments. The, yeah, the, those kind of things. So first thing to know about, like, just networking in the game industry, you're not necessarily going to the person. Like... I, saw, I see this so often where they pick the biggest fish in the room and then they just go streamline for that. Right, right. And, and the end result is like if it's something like the game Dev Drink Up, like that that person never comes again, right? Because now they're just expecting that anytime there's just going to be a student that pops up and just corners them and goes, well, what about this? What right, about this? right. And that's, well, that's, so that's, let's, hmm. let's try to break this down right, then into do's and don'ts. right. So it's a lot easier if you go with do and don't. So do come to the game dev drink up. Yeah. Don't bring a resume. Yes. Correct. Do try to build a relationship. Don't look at everybody as a dollar sign. That's yeah. The biggest. So there's. If you're gonna do a network on someone, be sweet. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. I don't even understand that. So, yeah, in these social situations like the drink of, you know, like the the meetups or whatever, usually that's just developers trying to unwind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, nobody wants to have a bunch of a bunch of seagulls flock at them for yeah. their bread at the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just trying to relax at the beach. <laughs> seagulls. But does it not <laughs> oh make sense? God. Is that not a good analogy? It's just like, it's such a great analogy. Anyway. Uh, but... If you're if you are at a at a social event like that, you know, have your information on your phone or something. Oh yeah. Uh, don't don't just bust it at any time. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're having a good conversation and you know there's a, like a good moment for it, you can ask politely, like, "Hey, do you mind if I Either ask you about you this ask, kind of stuff?" Or if they're super interested, they will ask you. Yes, this is they, also there's true. a lot of times <laughs> where as as they get to know you throughout the throughout the night or let's take something like GDC they get like you meet go to the same place because there are very specific spots that have are, are hot right that a lot of developers go to after parties and after after the conference and after parties right, right? and you can go there and kind of meet up with them over the course of the time that one week you're building a relationship with a couple of different people eventually they're going to look at you and go hey you said you're an artist can I see your portfolio and you can at that point have it ready to go on your phone Yep. Right now, the flip side of that, don't get defensive about your art. Yes. Don't get defensive about what you because you came to them asking for that, asking for some advice. But if you immediately go, well, you you don't understand what I'm trying to do here. Their response right, is right. going to be like, well, I'm not going to waste my time on you any further. And I've had so I'm a writer and I've had this happen to me several times where somebody has requested that I, I read some of their stuff. Now, I'm a very busy lady, and I try to get to your stuff as soon as I can. I I make time to read your work. Mm -hmm. I make Mm -hmm. the time. (laughs) And when I deliver feedback sometimes, I've had guys explode at me. I've had ladies explode at me. Like, 
they got so angry when I when I was like, you know, maybe the scene will work a little bit better if you do this. Well, you don't really get what I'm trying to say in this scene. I just told you you needed to put a chair in a different direction or like to remove the description because mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything. Right. Right. right? And but and the one guy says to me, well, you've had my stuff for two months. Why haven't you gotten to it yet? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Let's let's back up there for a yeah, second. Yeah, this wasn't a job application. Yeah, I was right. like, I didn't, I, I said I would like to read it. I, I said I'm trying to read it, but I've got, so I've run, I'm a part of this coffee right. club, you know, I run that. I've got the business that I run. I've got some other things that I do, plus my own writing on top of that that I'm trying to do, like the book I'm trying to get published too. Like there's all these things that I have going on as well. Kind of take respect for that. So the same thing with the, with these people. And I've seen them corner, uh, I've seen them corner other people and just like telling them, well, I want to tell you about my game. I'm not here to learn about your game. And I've seen a dev say that to a person. Like, I'm not here to learn this. Don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't care. I just want to have a drink. And the dude looked chest bone like, I came here for you. And I was like, well, then you came for the wrong reason. Yeah. So don't <laughs> corner somebody specifically to show them your stuff. All that. Or do have a drink with somebody and play a conversation. Yes. Make friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, what it's really about. It's, it's about relationship making building. friends. It's mm-hmm. relationship building. Because years down the line, uh, you know, they might have an opening somewhere and they'll, they'll think about, oh, that person was really cool and they do this thing. Mm-hmm. Let me hit them up and see if they're looking. The people that, like, they'll keep up with you. Yeah. If they like you, they'll keep up with you. They'll ask for your Facebook or your Twitter, and they'll follow. Right. Like, as long as you're as active as you are on Twitter. Again, this goes back to marketing. Like, just look at it as as another thing that you're doing. As uh, It's called word of, by word of mouth marketing, mm-hmm. right? So you're going there and you're saying it to people, right? Think of it as that. Like, your first interaction is you, you met this guy. He, he likes you. He wants to follow up with you. Person, you met this person. They like you. They want to follow up with you. They're going to follow you wherever they can. So if they're on Twitter, then most game most game developers are on Twitter. If they're on Twitter, they're going to follow you. Right? You can follow them first. That's fine. It's not a bad thing if they don't follow you. But if they, they see, oh, yeah, I met this guy at Game Dev Drink mm-hmm. Up or at GDC, I can follow them and yeah. now keep up with them. That, uh, that gets to a good point, too. Um, don't just hit people up on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and then expect things. Like, if you if you have met somebody and then you want to add them on LinkedIn, then that's just fine. Mm-hmm. Or if you, like, know somebody through somebody else mm-hmm. and you message them, like, hey, uh, I was talking with so-and-so and they said I should talk with you. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? But all the time I get LinkedIn requests from people I've never heard of or seen and most of the time I look at their profiles and it's like aspiring student. It's like, I'd never met this person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to yeah. add that. Kind of, kind of to, to like on that same point too, uh, when it comes, I'm assuming those people are, how are using the app, the phone app to actually send you those requests. Now, if they're doing it on the desktop, the desktop version asks you, how do you know this person? Mm-hmm. Right. And then they, if you say, well, I've never, I, it just have their email, they kind of get rejected. So LinkedIn on desktop form actually has, where versus their app form, all they have to do is look and they get network suggestion. They're like, oh yeah, that guy works at the studio I want to get into and they just send the request, right? Yeah. So yeah. that that's done on the phone. Um, that's how they kind of get around it. Which is so weird. 
Because, yeah, I mean, going back to our previous point, every, I think, I think most of us would agree, every good job I've ever had came about because I had made friends Mm -hmm. and and connections, like, with people, never from abrasively pushing myself on people who didn't show any interest. Like, no, man, you want me. (laughs) Like... That, that turns people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just yeah. kind of like, if and kind of another note on this, understand that different industries network differently, right? That is a thing, yep. right? The game industry is built on relationships. We're big but small, right? And if right. you, it, and I've seen this happen. I have also been an offender of this. I've seen what happens when you tick a game developer off. By the end of the event that you're at, you will be known. But how do you want to be known is the big question. There are a lot of people that I that have bad reputations because of the way that they, they approach. Yeah, so, you know, just, just be polite, make friends. That's the way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest thing, the reason that you want to make friends is because, honestly, as Ray was saying, this is a, uh, a it's a big community, but it's a community. Like, mm-hmm. people know people, right? And it's, they hire, it's very nepotistic. Mm-hmm. Frankly, they hire people they know and people they think could do a good job because they know them, mm-hmm. right? That's not to say that it's impossible to get a job right off the website, and many jobs are hired that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody who's got a recommendation from a friend is going to go to the top of the resume stack. So the best thing you can do is uh, apply everywhere and just make friends. Mm, get to know the community in your area. They're yeah. there. Uh, and if you're like, well, I don't know where to start, uh, meetup.com, um, the IGDA, the International mm-hmm. Game Developer Association. It's not a bad place to start. Yeah, they've got branches in every major game dev city. Mm-hmm. Some chapters are definitely more <laughs> active than others, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a list of people that you can kind of start reaching out to. Uh, you can get in, hit up conferences. Uh, game like If you really want to start getting into the industry and seeing what trends are happening... The game developer, not game developer, drink up. Uh, game developer GDC, uh, game developer conference. <laughs> game developer <laughs> conference is a great place to start. Yes, it is expensive, but there are ways of going about it cheap. Right, and, you don't necessarily have to attend the conference itself yeah. to do the networking. And if you are a student, they have a, a day that's dedicated just to students. Yep, um, that is usually the last day of the conference. Uh, but they also give you, they also do portfolio reviews around that time. Uh, here in Dallas, Industry Giants, which just happened recently, they actually do portfolio portfolio reviews and things like that here. Um, they bring in special speakers and such to kind of kind of give you ideas on how to get into the industry, their industry as well as the game industry, because they bring some people from the game industry. So there are places that you can go to learn more about the community and get involved in the community like Dallas Society of Play is another one. Um, also look at game jams. Game jams are a great way to start working with people if you just want to start doing doing development. And that's a that's another good one. Um, I would say be careful though of like if if you are on a project and you're really excited about it, be careful about how you approach with that project. In other words, don't just go, I'm looking for somebody, uh, but there's gonna be no pay. Right. Don't don't approach in that direction, uh, because a lot of times in the more that I see nowadays is there are more people that are going, I don't have the bandwidth because they're, they're realizing the harshness of reality, which is I need to have money. <laughs> right. Right. To do it. 
Um, so Either money or time, and time is money. If you yeah. want something of value, give some value for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it goes, and we're, when we say that, we're not just saying exposure. Um, because right. We, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you approach any like serious game dev and, and try to get them to work with you, and you claim that oh they'll get good exposure, that's a that's a blacklisting right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, remember it's how you want to be be known. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's kind of our do's and don'ts of networking and how to how to start kind of getting into the game industry. There's still a whole host of other things. Having a portfolio built, um, making sure that it's easily searchable, is another thing. Uh, actually getting involved, huge. Uh, and if you're looking for little tips on how to get, do game like marketing or beginnings of marketing, just check out Proctal. Proctal? Ah, jeez. I can't even say words anymore. It's something that, that Eric Brody pointed out to, to a whole bunch of it, people in the area. Um, Proxel Pixar or something like that. I'll have to find it. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much just a wiki of just tips on how to start doing game marketing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's really solid. Reddit's community isn't always helpful when it comes to marketing because I did a bunch of research on just how to market for games. And what, like Reddit, they, it was like a torn between like people that understand it and support it and others, like mostly indie devs that don't really get the importance of it, who mm-hmm. were like rallying against it because then it was like too corporate or too mainstream. Right, right. Um, so really, your resources, they're, they're limited, but they are there. Um, so I'll find that one and... Next podcast, I will say who it is <laughs> for you to go check out. We could also put it in the, uh, the description. The yes, actually, that's that's a conversation with Anwar I need to have. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for joining us. This is kind of our, we're ending the topic here. If you have some do's and don'ts of networking that you would like to pass along, please share Or just it. questions. Mm, yeah. Questions, yeah. Ask well, as many questions as you can. This is not a bad environment to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're trying to get more active on Facebook. So you're going to start seeing things like Shameless Promo Day or uh, What Are You Playing Month kind of uh, questions start popping up. And that might also be some uh, a chance for some people to start asking the questions that they want to ask. Uh, what What should I have in my portfolio? As And I know programmers have this question a lot. What should I por- put in my portfolio? Yeah. Because programming isn't exactly an exciting language to read. Oh, that's another last piece of advice before we sign off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, know how to display your own work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Uh, so we'll try and find some. And that'll allow some people to get to share resources that they've managed to find and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. If you want to join us live, not here at the podcast, but if you want to join. Do some networking. <laughs> yeah. Do some networking. You can join us Thursday and Friday. Whole Foods off Runner Road on Thursday. Here at Nerdvana on Friday. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. Yep. Well, uh, happy Monday the 8th, everybody. We'll, uh, We'll see you next week. See you next week. Laters. Thanks.